This is Leaky Bucket of Profits, Episode 10, How to Unlock Cash in Your Business. Hi there, it's Tony Malik. I'm the host of the podcast Leaky Bucket of Profits and the author of the book Leaky Bucket of Profits. And in this series, I cover each chapter of my book Uh, sharing the information, the insights, the examples in it so that you don't have to read the book. You get about the same amount of value from the podcast as if you read the book. The only thing that is missing is that you don't get the chance to see some of the diagrams and illustrations. So for that reason, I do encourage you to buy the book because uh, it will help you follow along a lot better. So today we're going to be talking about how to unlock cash in your business. The fact is if your business isn't profitable, then you have a profit problem. You don't have a cash flow problem. The the reason why you may be lacking cash is because you're not making money. But I run into a lot of businesses that show a good profit. They show they're making good money, but the owner is struggling all the time to meet payroll, to pay their suppliers on time, or even just to pull cash out of the business so so they can live a better lifestyle. And there's a few reasons for that. I'm going to be covering that in today's episode. So the few reasons are, just so you know, the causes are, we're going to cover each one one at a time, are understanding the cash gap and collections, the invoicing cycle, lack of planning, and something that I call just-in-case management. So let's take a look at each one of these causes of a cash flow crunch that could be preventing you from getting money or taking money out of your business. The cash gap is really the root of the problem. And, And what the cash gap is, It's the time from when you provided your service or sold your product and when you got paid for it. And there's a few things that cause that. Now, for instance, if you're in a cash-based business, you're in retail or in a a service business, where you get paid upon completion of your service, as long as that service was done within that same day, you're getting immediate cash. So the cash gap won't apply for you. But if you're in any kind of a situation where you're waiting for the money to be paid, once you've delivered your product or service, you do have a cash gap and it's something you need to be aware of. And keep something in mind. So let's let's take an example if you're at net 30 days and that's your terms. You've sold your product, provided your service, now you have to wait 30 days to get paid from your customer. In that time, a bunch of stuff is happening. If you have employees, you more than likely have two payroll cycles to go through before you actually get paid by your customers. So how are you gonna pay your employees for the next two to four weeks until your money comes in? So that's something to keep in mind. The next thing is your suppliers. Your suppliers may give you net 30. They may only give you net 15, by the way, but they may give you net 30 days. So if your customers, all your customers pay on time in 30 days, well, you should be able to pay your suppliers in 30 days. But what ends up happening is, Customer, if things go well, they maybe send you a check in 30 days, but you may not get it for two to five days after that. So what are you doing to cover that five days between the time your suppliers expect to be paid and when you get the cash from your customers? So this causes a lot of stress and cash flow crunches uh, for a lot of business owners. The first thing you need to be aware of is what are your accounts receivable days? And this is why it's so important to be sure your bookkeeping is kept up and that your bookkeeper is getting you the information very quickly because once all the transactions are entered and all the payments are entered, your bookkeeping software will tell you what the amount of days 
that your clients are at as far as payment goes, that you're waiting for payment. So for instance, if it's not 30 days, hopefully a lot of your clients or all your clients, hopefully if paid you in 30 days, but that rarely happens. So you're going to have clients now that are going to show, you know, 30 to 45 days, 45 to 60 days, and even 60 days plus. So it's important to understand as quick as you can at the end of the month, or even leading up to the end of the month, is who hasn't paid you to meet that net 30 term yet. And as soon as yet, and leading up to that net 30, if you can try to get a hold of them, send a reminder, hey, just a friendly reminder, uh, your invoice or your statement is due in the next three days, appreciate payment, that will prompt some customers to do it. But especially when they hit the 30 day mark, it's important to touch base with the customer and say, hey, we didn't get your payment, just wanted to confirm that it's on its way. It's really important to stay on top of customers because Sometimes they're going to use you as the bank and they're going to hold off paying as long as they can because they may have their own cash flow issues. I remember a situation once when I was a manager in the distribution industry. I had a customer kind of tell me by accident that they don't send checks to suppliers until the supplier calls them. And this was allowing them to carry money for an extra 10, 50, maybe even 60 days because a lot of businesses were not properly tracking the receivables and they were taking advantage of that. So I caught wind of that and I made sure that my staff called this customer on day 30 and said, hey, just a re quick reminder, their invoices are due, we'd appreciate quick payment or, or at least you know, prompt payment. And it worked. We didn't exactly get paid in the next day or two, but within five to seven days of that, we were getting paid, which was a lot better than the current situation because we weren't getting paid for 45 to 60 days. So just keep in mind that you may have customers that are using you as a bank and you may have to be persistent with them and firm with them to be sure you get paid on time. Because at the end of the day, it could mean whether you make payroll or not. I would also suggest you have an escalation process so that it starts out with just a friendly reminder of 30 days. At 40 days, another letter or phone call should be happening by that point where you're really asking, you know, where is the check? We need it. And sometimes a lot of customers, obviously, we've all heard that, you know, that excuse, it's in the mail. That's great. If they tell you it's in the mail, ask them, could you please give me the check number so that we know what we're looking for when it gets here? If they can't very quickly give you a check number, chances are it just may not be in the mail and you may have to be a little firmer with them. There has to be a point that you need to make a decision on when does somebody get get put on credit hold. Some companies are very strict and put their customers on credit hold right at 30 days. That may or may that may not be relevant or not relevant, but uh, appropriate in your business because sometimes you need to keep those relationships going. But there needs to be that line when, when the customers cross the line that they need to be put on credit hold. I see a lot of businesses doing it around the 40 to 45 day mark. Once they've especially received a couple warnings or at least a couple uh, calls asking for where the check is. So keep in mind that business isn't business until you, the money's in the bank and the check is cleared. So if somebody hasn't paid you, the transaction's not over yet. The next thing to look at is your invoicing cycle. And that means is what is the time gap from when you sold that product or provided that service and your customer gets an invoice, especially if you're on a net 30 basis. I see a lot of situations in the trades, for instance, and even in wholesale and, and manufacturing, where the goods are sent or the, pro or the service is provided, but sometimes that invoice isn't sent for a week or two. 
And what ends up happening is a, a lot of customers will say, well, I'm going to pay you 30 days from when I receive it, even though you'd like to get paid from 30 days when the service is provided. But a lot of customers do have their own internal cycles they work on about when they pay bills. So it's very, really important to get your invoice out immediately, if possible, upon shipping your product or delivering the service. And one of the things to do is to have a tracking system. For instance, if you're in a mobile service business and in the trades, if you're sending work orders out, work orders out with your techs, have a manifest system or tracking system to ensure that all those work orders for the day are coming back. I've literally have seen situations where a tech, you know, where, where, where a, a work order fell between the seats in the truck and the tech didn't see there for a week or two and then finds it by accident and brings it into the office with all kinds of coffee, sta coffee stains on it. And if that's a $1,000 work order and no one asks for it, now you've got to process it, get the checkout, not uh, sorry, get the invoice out. And, and now you're going to wait at least another couple of weeks to get the money for that invoice, which that 1000 bucks, for instance, if it's a $1,000 work order, it could mean a lot to your cash flow uh, you know, as you get towards the end of the month. So be very, very aware of how long it's taking invoices to, to get out. And if you can take steps to make it happen immediately, you'll find your cash flow start to improve. The next thing to take a look at is your lack of planning. Are you, first of all, planning your cash flow crunches? Because sometimes every business hits this point where a cash flow crunch may come and you can really put yourself or put your business in a situation where you may have a lot of trouble making payroll and paying your suppliers. But by anticipating when that could happen, you can have plans in place, tools in place to be sure that you don't get caught with literally no money available to you. There's a bit of a story saying, you know, a story or saying from the old days, they used to say, you know, if I knew you were coming, I would have baked a cake. Kind of meaning that if you were, if the host was expecting their guests to come, they would have been prepared for it. Well, you can do the same thing with cash flow. You can prepare for those those times when you're going to have less cash in the bank than others, or maybe even be in a negative situation for various reasons. So one of the things I get all my clients to work on is to understand their cash flow. And the way you do that is a cash flow analysis, which is different than doing a budget. A budget, for instance, when you do a budget, which should be done as well, is predicting your sales what your expenses are going to be over a period of time, usually a period of a year. And then you can start planning what your profit is. What a cash flow analysis is, it's, it's similar to that, but instead of basing your, your predictions on when your sales are made, you're going to start making your predictions based on, first of all, when is the actual money going to come in and when do you actually have to pay the money out? So it's a slightly different, it almost looks like a budget, but it's different. So for instance, if it's January and you're at, you have payment your payments from your customers and at 30 sales that you make in January, you may not get paid for those sales until February. So when you do a cash flow analysis, you might have all kinds of sales in January, but you need to account for the fact that the, that money is going to come in in February, as well as when those those when do those expenses have to be paid. So a good example is if your suppliers are paid in net 30, well then you can, expenses you may have incurred, you may have gotten the invoices for them in, in, in January, which is an expense, but the cash actually goes out of your bank account in February. So you would account for the cash going out in February. But keep in mind, if you're on a cash basis with your, with your suppliers, but you're on net 30 with your customers, you need to plan for that because 
in your cash flow analysis, you're going to show your money coming in in February, but a whole bunch of money going out in January because you need to play your suppliers. So that's something to keep in mind of. Couple of things too is to plan for major expenditures. And a good example is a lot of businesses have to will often pay their business insurance once a year. So let's say your business insurance is paid in January. And just to give an even number, you're paying $12,000 a year. What a lot of bookkeepers will do, and without getting to a lot of accounting technicalities, you're, you're prepaying that expense. When you pay $12,000 for the year, you're really paying $1,000 a month, but you're paying it all at one time. So on your profit and loss sheet, if your bookkeeper is, is properly accruing the expense, you're going to see $1,000 a month show on your profit and loss sheet. But the cash may all come out because your, your, your insurance company wants to get the money all at one time, but it's your cash coming out of the bank account is all going to happen in January instead of month by month. So keep that in mind. That's where the differences are. So I find a lot of business owners get stuck because they have these major expenditures to make in the year. And even though the expense may be amortized through the year to give a, because it's, you know, you're kind of incurring that expense as you're using it. But if the payment has to be done in a lump sum, you need to account for that lump sum payment and see how that's going to affect your cash flow. I went through a cash flow analysis exercise with a client and he was growing really quickly, which is all good news. But the situation was he was on net 30 terms with his customers, but the customers were paying in 37 days. So there was that seven day gap. And what we realized is when we account for some, some of the major expenditures that would have to be made, for instance, sub, major subscriptions uh, insurance, as an example, we realized that in two to three months, there was going to be a $50,000 shortfall in cash. So with us now understanding that, we were able to take action to prevent a crisis. And what we did is we were able to go to the bank and they secured a line of credit that would cover the shortfall when the shortfall would come so that there wasn't any undue stress on the business. But because we planned for it ahead of time and and put took steps ahead of time, we prevented a crisis. So I highly encourage you to do that in your business. Not only look at what your sales and expenses are, but when do you have to pay them? And do you have any major payments to make that you need to account for so that you're prepared for it? I also find a lot of companies get caught, for instance, on quarterly tax payments. And again, remember, a tax payment is not something that typically shows up on your profit and loss statement, but it's still money coming out of the bank. So that's something to keep in mind. You may show money coming in because taxes were collected with an invoice, but at the same time, you need to account for the fact that that tax payment, if it, say, if it is a quarterly tax payment, that tax payment is going to come out of your bank account, even though it doesn't show up in your profit and loss statement. And I'll get into that, what that means in a future episode when I cover uh, the fundamentals of how to read your financial statements. Something that is a, a really big cause of an owner's inability to pull cash out of the business is something I call just-in-case management. And this is one of probably the major causes, actually, uh, of why a lot of profitable businesses can't pull money out. And what that means is quite often for, quite often when I do a review, a financial review for a business owner, I will find that there's very often 20% more inventory in stock than there needs to be, depends on the type of business it is. And sometimes as much as double the inventory that needs to be there. And when I ask the, the business owner, you know, why is there this level of inventory? Their answer is, well, just in case. Well, just in case what? Well, just in case customers need it. If we get an order, I want it in stock, which makes sense. 
But if you only get that product in once every six or get an order for that product once every six months, once every quarter, and it's something you could source fairly quickly, why tie up the money in that in that product, especially if it's an expensive product? So that happens quite a bit. Is if you're in any type of a business that where you carry inventory at all, and it could be in the service business, because I know a lot of contractors carry some inventory, obviously manufacturing, distribution, even retail, those type those types of businesses tend to carry inventory and a lot of money gets tied up on there. So you need to look at your inventory turns. And I'm going to be talking about that in a, in a future episode about how to calculate your inventory turns. But every industry has an accepted amount of turns where that inventory kind of comes in the door and goes out the door. And how often that happens in a period of a year. And that's key to being sure that you're freeing up cash. Because when you have inventory sitting on a shelf, that's cash. Cash comes in different forms. It's just not, you know, in dollar form that you have in the bank. It, it can be transformed into product on the shelf. And unfortunately, if you have a cash flow crunch, you can't take your product and take it to the bank and deposit it. You need to find a way to what's called liquidate it, turn it back into cash so you can deposit it. If you don't have an inventory management system that tracks your min levels, your max levels of, of your items, I would highly encourage you, you do that and also have a system that allows you to see what, how much product are you going through in a particular period of time, whether usually in a monthly period, because that'll give you a lot of information about how much you need to have in stock. If you carry 100 items, but you only sell 50 a month and you can get the stuff within, within a week because that's where your supply chain's at, I would, I would ask why, do you, why you have more than five to six weeks of stock in instead of two months in. And that two months worth of stock, believe me, that extra two months or two weeks worth of stock can really tie up a lot of cash. Something else to do when you're looking at your inventory is, is consider the 80-20 rule. And it's amazing how close this rule comes to almost every business I look at. At least it's a number close to the 80-20 rule. And what that means is about 20% of your SKUs or products that you have in stock 20% of those are going to produce 80% of your sales and profits. So take a look at focusing on the 20% that are making you profit. And then the other 80% really make some hard decisions as to do you need to have these in stock if you can get them quickly enough. And if you do need them in stock, okay, as long as they're turning at a reasonable rate, that's okay. Now, I know some businesses out there, it is their business model to have these little use items available to them for customers and that's okay but be sure you're charging a premium for that ability for that customer to get that little use item from you quickly so your margins should actually be higher but you also need to account for that in your cash flow analysis because if you don't think you're going to sell that product for six months you need to understand that you need to pay for it probably within 30 days how are you going to pay the rest of your bills until that cash comes in so Instead of using just-in-case management, try adopting just-in-time management. You've probably have heard this. Businesses have really been adopting it probably for the last 30 or so years. 30, 35 years has become really popular. And that, again, by keeping on top of your inventory, try to, you know, the best-case scenario is as your you know, last unit of particular product is going out the door, the new product is coming in the door. That's the best-case scenario. It does, the world isn't that perfect, so you do need to have a bit of a buffer as to uh, when the new product comes in. You want some new product to come in before the old product goes out, but keep that buffer reasonable and appropriate for your business so that you don't tie up more cash in inventory than you need to. The one last thing I just want to mention that uh, 
uh, is not necessarily in the book in this chapter. I do talk about it in other chapters, but it is part of cash flow. Is if you're making any big expenditures uh, besides expenses, but on capital items. Capital items are the you know things like machinery, trucks. These these are things that don't get consumed on a daily basis, but they may get used on a daily basis that require large investments. So if you're making, for instance, a fifty thousand dollar purchase of a piece of machinery you need that's not going to show up in your expenses and i'll get again into another chapter when i talk about profit and loss statements that is not an expense that gets what's called capitalized and adds gets added to the capital of your business but it's cash coming out of your bank account so from a cash flow perspective you need to be aware of making these big purchases how does it affect your cash flow and measure and do your cash flow analysis to see how that's going to happen because there are some financing tools out there that allow you to acquire some of this machinery or capital items that you might need but without taking a direct hit on your cash flow and this is something that for instance your accountant or your your business coach can could help you with so there we have it if you're struggling with pulling money out of your business even though it might be profitable these are some of the reasons that could be happening the fact is you're waiting too long for your money to come in compared to when you have to pay it out or you're tying up a lot of your money and stuff that isn't making you money. So keep that in mind. If you've got too much inventory, a lot of money tied up in capital items or you're just waiting for it too long to come in, these are some of the major reasons why a lot of business owners, a lot of profitable business owners can't pull money out of their business. they just they got too much money tied up inside. So spend some more time focusing on your cash flow Come up with ways to shorten the, the, the cash gap and you just may find yourself with more cash available to pull out of your business. Remember, cash really is king. Keep your business cash healthy and you'll not only reduce your stress, you'll be able to pull more out of it so you can enjoy life even more. This is Tony Malik, the author of Leaky Bucket of Profits. Have a great day.